Thank you for tuning into Stepping Stones of Faith. Stepping Stones of Faith is a ministry of Claytonville United Brethren Church. Our service times are as follows. Sunday morning Sunday school starts at 9.30 a.m. Sunday morning worship starts at 10.30 a.m. If you would like to join us for any of these services, our address is 106 Elizabeth Street, Claytonville, Illinois, 60926. We hope to see you this morning. Understand there's a whole gamut of things that the unsaved are considered by God, but then they're beckoned to come to God. Okay? So the lies we tell ourselves, I'm not worthy. I'm not. I've done too much. I've gone too far. Um, all these things. One of the things I, I tell my tell my congregation, I've told my congregation and I tell people, you're not really in 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 dire damnation of grieving the Holy Spirit to the point of that unforgivable sin if you care about what you're if you're concerned about it. You know what I mean? If you're concerned about God sending you to hell for something you've done, you've not you've not committed the unforgivable sin because if you have done that you wouldn't care you know you wouldn't care but god is saying here that the lies we speak to ourselves uh can be so damaging in that we it keeps us from that real relationship just as a uh, just as a relationship in real life um if you know when you when you have an and i've i've done some interpersonal mediation of arguments before and you know, as well as anybody else, that you're going when you talk to one side of an argument and another side of an argument, they always paint themselves as the victim, as the one that was right, as the one that doesn't matter what side you're talking to, they both do the same thing. So you have to um you have to ascertain the whole thing. And so we can lie even to God about a situation or, or it's, it is a lie. I'm going to say it's a lie, but we can paint it to be, I'm the victim. I'm the one that was victimized. I'm the one, I wasn't the one that caused the issue. Okay. Um, we can lie in that way too. And we can paint things to be differently than they are. We really need to, to step away from that and be honest. And, and, and as I like to say, you need to own it. You need to own your own your part in 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 this life, whether it be whether you know God. You need to own the fact that God loves you. God wants you to be saved, and God wants you to minister. God wants you to minister through Him to other people. You got to own that. Own that promise. Own that. Own that thing. But you've also got to own in interpersonal relationships and things. You've got to own your own uh, your own uh, place in the issue, and then repent. And then go forward in God. Because we're all, if you talk to anybody, almost 100% of the time, we're all victims in every single argument. <laughs> you know, we are. We're all victims in every single argument. But each person has to own their part in it, repent of it, go to God, ask for forgiveness, go to the person, ask for forgiveness, and move on with God in that direction. So, in that, in that understanding, um, says, remove from me the way of falsehood in my Bible. I'm reading the MEV, Modern English Version, falsehood. There's there's all kinds of falsehoods. I just spoke on those things. I'm not going to rehash those things. But those two things I talk about, those are falsehoods on both fronts. Uh, remove those. No, see God for the way God 
intends you to see him um, or intends to see you, you know, ask God. And, and, and this is so powerful. I've done it before. Um, ask God to show you what he sees when he looks at you. You know, that's powerful. I've, I've done it before and, and God has blessed me. He's not shown me a picture or whatever, but God has encouraged me in what he sees me as an individual. God, God does those things. So, and that's truth. God is truth. That's what God sees. That's true. So remove all that falsehood from me, from him. He says in uh, verse, I have chosen the way of faithfulness. Your judgments have laid before me. Now, we have to choose faithfulness. See, he's saying, I have chosen. Teach me your ways according to your word. To revive me according to your word. And then if you are looking, then, then what the natural progression of things is that you would choose God. If you are doing this in the right spirit, the right heart, you would choose to walk with God in those ways, in those things. And you would choose faithfulness. We need to choose faithfulness to have a good relationship with God. If you want to have a good relationship with God, you have to choose faithfulness. You have to be teachable. You have to, you have to want revival through the true source, the word of God and his spirit and prayerfully consider the things. You have to do all of that. Verse, um, did you do 29 and 30 or 30 and 31? Uh, you do 30 and 31. 30 and 31. I'm sorry. You're going to do 31 and 32. Forgive me. Okay. I have stayed with your testimonies, O Lord. May I not be put to shame. I will run in the way of your commandments when you set me, set my heart free. Again, a choice. This is a choice. You know, so many people and and generations we live in, so many people want things done for them. You know, my children are seven and eight. Boy, they want things done for them, you know. Get my clothes for me, for this, lay out my clothes for school. And, and we do that. But I mean, they're old enough to be able to get their own clothes, right? Uh, people want things done for them. Even adults want things done for them. Um, the psalmist here is saying that uh, I will run, I will run in your way, in the way of your commandments, when you set my heart free. You know, God will do that, but we have to put our we. Have, God's not going to do it with our without our involvement in it. We have to give God place. We have to give God. Um, I don't want to say permission, but you know what I mean. We have to grant God the ability to do that in us. He's not going to say, well, you're saved. Well, you're not. You're going to heaven. Well, you're not. He He gives us the ability to be to be saved, but we have to choose him because he first chose us. The Bible says that. It says that. It is not that we loved him. It's that he first loved us. Okay, mm -hmm. so, so we have to choose those things. He's not going to make you love him. He's not going to make you choose him. He's not going to make you follow his precepts. He's not going to make you choose faithfulness. We have to choose those things. That's our part. Everyone wants, I want to go to heaven, but I don't want to, don't want to do the work. I don't want to have to, you know, I want, I want to be with God, but I don't want to do the work. Well, you can't be with God if you don't want to do the work. 
it, it, it is a relationship. It's, that's mm-hmm. why it's so uh, fitting that the Bible calls this relationship with God like a marriage, because a marriage requires work on both parties. You know, hundred percent, a hundred percent. You know, we all put in a, we put in a hundred percent on my side. My wife puts hundred percent on her side. We do those things. It's a working relationship. And with God, it's the same way. If you want a good relationship with your spouse, you've got to put some work in. If you want a good relationship with God, you've got to put some work in. And, yeah. and we, we so much uh, have to move away as a society, not as Christians. I mean, some of us as Christians, but as, as a whole, as a society, we need to move away from this. I'm entitled to have this done for me. I'm entitled to have this done and I don't have to do this. And you need to do this for me because it bleeds over into our relationships and our relationships bleed over to our relationship with God. If we are allowed as individuals in society to say, this has to be done for me. That has to be done for me. And and people capitulate and do those things. Then they expect the same thing of God without even putting any work in. And so the psalmist here is saying that he will choose. He will choose God. 31, I have stayed with your testimonies, O Lord. How do you stay with them? By choosing, by putting the work in. May I not be put to shame. If you stay in the word, you will not be put to shame. It's talking here. It's not talking about shame on you. It's talking about in that last day when you stand before God and God is either going to say, well done, my good and faithful servant, or he's going to say, depart from me for I never knew you. That's what he means by being put to shame. Being departed from God is, is being put to shame. Stay with God. Choose to work on this relationship with God, and you will be with God in eternity. I will run in the way of your commandments. Not only walk it, but will run it. You know, that's that's running in the in the I don't run. I've never really ran. I can't really run really well with my legs the way they are, but running, my brother used to run. Uh, cross country and he does his son runs cross country and he still runs that takes a lot of training a lot of uh, endurance training my brother would run a one mile in four under four minutes in a mile that takes a lot of endurance training it takes a lot of work to get to that point he's going to run run with these commandments you know, not just lazily walk, but run. And that takes endurance. It takes training. It takes work. And so the psalmist is saying we have to work. We have to work through all this. He goes on. He says, he will run commandments when you set my heart free. You know, what's it say in the, in, in the New Testament? For whom the Son sets free, he's free indeed. And the truth shall set you free. There's so many things that it says about God and Jesus and the word about being set free. You know, whom the son sets free is free indeed. How are you going to meet Jesus? You know, the first century church, Peter, Peter and James and John and all the, all, all the disciples and apostles, they, they got to meet Jesus. They got to see Jesus and they got to, to have relationship 
friendship with Jesus in, but we don't have that in a bodily form. So how do we how do we do that? Well, you do that through the Word of God. You you, you do exactly the psalm what the psalm says. You meditate upon the precepts of God. You you uh, pray to God. You 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 ask for revival through the Word of God. You ask for for uh, for strengthening through the Word of God. And who gives the strengthening but the Holy Spirit? Jesus through the Holy Spirit gives you strengthening. That's how you how you meet with Jesus. That's how you do those things. And we will be set free. Our heart will be set free. I think we can when we decide to do the podcast about salvation and baptism, which I think we should do at some point when the Lord leads, I think that's what we should talk about too, is how, what it felt like when our heart was set free from those things. Because I think when somebody, and and you might agree, you might see this too. When, when somebody says, well, I, my, I, I felt set free. That's kind of, a, not a generic term, but it's a term used quite often, and people sometimes don't understand what what that looks like. I mean, they, they understand what it means to be set free, but what's it look like for the individual? And I and I think it's important. Maybe we can talk a little bit about it now if you want to. But uh, being set free uh, in the heart, what does that look like for me? What's it look like for you? For me, um, you know, freedom. People say, you know, there's a, there's this thing in, in denominations where people say, you know, I am got saved 10 years ago and I can live the way I want to. I've been set free to live the way I want to. Well, um, there's no precedent in scripture for that. I dealt with it on the Sunday sermon two days ago. Uh, if you want to see that, it's on YouTube and, and Instagram and um, Facebook. But being set free is not being set free to live in sin. It's being set free from the things of sin, being set free from the guilt, the fear, the anxieties, the the temptations. More more than temptation being the broader. We are we are tempted to have anxiety. We're tempted to have fear. We're tempted to have you know all these things. It's being set free from all of that because the, of the peace that overcomes you. Because of the the things we talked about when we came out of the water and got saved. Those things. That's being set free because of what God gives you in place of those things gives you the ability to stay free. And what it looks like for me as an individual to be set free as I'm free to walk in the ways of God, I'm free to, to, uh, as the Bible says, you can boldly go before the throne of grace. We talked about that probably a month, month and a half ago, what that looks like. You know, boldly going before the throne of grace, we can we can be set free to be able to do that uh, without fear, without condemnation, um, those kinds of things. And being set free—that's what that means for me and as an individual. And so, I don't know, Shannon, if you want to talk a little bit to that effect as well. Um, well, I think I think I already kind of hit on it. You know, when you asked me about it before, and you're you're, you're piggybacking on that, which is great. I, I wanted to hear your side of it. And I, and I like that. Um, and I think everybody else that's listening to this uh, will, you know, get a lot about what you were just talking about. But I wanted to still talk about verses 31 and 32, if that's all right with you. Sure. Um, I, I wrote down what confidence we see in the psalmist in these last two verses. When we started this section of the psalm, we saw him 
his soul in the dust. Remember, we saw his soul in the dust. In other words, he was not in a good place. He was in a hum humiliated place. He was in a mournful place. He was in a place of, uh, of hurt, so to speak. But uh, in these last two verses, we see him running the course of God's commands. In other words, now he's, now he's come to the understanding, to me, he's come to the understanding of God's commands, and he's trying to live them out the best he can, and he's running to them. He's not stuck in the dust anymore. I like every, every section of this Psalm 119 that we go through. Each section always starts almost seems like he's in this bad place. But by the time you get eight verses through it or seven verses through it, whatever it is, he has got the understanding that God's got this and got him taken care of. And if he'll still continue to run towards the things of God, like his commands, his precepts, those things, he understands that uh, he's going to be in a good place. The psalmist knows if he will cling to, to God and his word, that he will not be put to shame. Mm -hmm. We need to remember that. We will cling to that. Now, I'm not saying that some people will look at you and go, oh, what a shame. Uh, he doesn't think for himself because he reads the word. I mean, I've heard this stuff before, Pastor Josh. Oh, he's just a Bible thumper or something like that. Listen, you people will may, may think they're shaming you when they do that, because I've had that. When I came back to the Lord, I understand. Uh, people talking by, I knew people were talking behind my back. They wouldn't talk while I was, they'd be talking and, until I come up to them, and then all of a sudden they're not talking no more. So, you know, in some point, uh, people would try to put you to shame, but what what, what I see, that, that's what we see here on earth, and it's temporal. And people will try and shame us for believing as we do. Don't let them shame you. I'm not telling you you have to take up uh, a sword and go after them, okay? What I'm saying is you need to understand where you're at in the Word of God. People may try to shame, uh, like I said, people are trying to shame the psalmist here. But what, uh, what is here on earth is temporal, and people will try and shame us for believing with, with the way we do. But as a soul that clings to God's word will receive an eternal reward in heaven. You spoke to this just a little bit, and it just sounds a little bit different coming from me. And no shame comes with that reward from God. Remember, either he's going to take, just like you said, Pastor Josh, either he's going to say, well done, good and faithful servant, or depart from me, for I never knew you. You need to make a decision which one you want to hear. You really have the balls in your court. He's already made every way possible for us to go to heaven, Pastor Josh, and be with him for the rest of our lives. So that, that really, it's up to, really, it comes back to us and a decision that we have to make. Do we want this eternal eternal reward without shame? Or is there going to be shame in the end? There is a chance for shame in the end. Would you not agree? Oh, yeah. Because we will, we'll, 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 you know, we can be in heaven and we'll receive that eternal reward. And I don't want that eternal reward. I want, that's damnation and burning. And, I mean, all those things that come along with being in hell. And I don't think anybody listening to this podcast wants that. But we need to put that out there. For verse 32, all I said was, for you, uh, I love how he says, it, it says it right here in, in, in the New King James Version, the last part of 32, last part of verse 32 says, 
for you, speaking of the Lord, shall enlarge my heart. If we will give ourselves over to the reading and the studying of God's words and his ways, he will continue to enlarge our hearts. See, though, that's what the word does. It, it makes us grow in love. It makes our hearts grow for other people and for our families. You know, he just enlarges that within us. It just grows and it grows. In turn, our souls will be satisfied in his presence. Listen, you're not going to find any satisfaction. You'll, you'll find, I'm sorry, you'll find satisfaction in this world, but it'll just be temporary. The only true satisfaction you're going to find for your soul will be found in Jesus Christ and in his presence. Well, it, you're talking about satisfaction. It's the same thing as um, difference between happiness and joy. Yeah. Um, you know, happiness is temporal. You know, you're happy, but then what happens when somebody rear ends you, you know, in a car? Then you're not so happy, but you can still have a joy, you know, because the joy comes from God. And uh, true satisfaction that God would want us to have comes from from Him, not from our own outside circumstances. And so, one thing one thing I wanted to touch on you talked about, you know, the the shame and the and the the, the we we can walk away. And I don't know if I've said this in the last podcast, Pat, Pat, last podcast. I know I talked about it on Sunday. Uh, there is precedent in the Scripture for being able to walk away and being able to lose out for eternity, even after we've given our heart to God. Uh, the book of Hebrews deals with that very, very much. And I think it's important that we acknowledge in all of this, and we're talking about being teachable and being, you know, uh, learning about God and, and all these things. It's very important to understand that we can walk away to the point where we are backslidden so bad that we will end up in eternity apart from God or in hell, even though we were once saved. I, so, so I, and I know there's a lot of um, people that say, well, I got saved uh, 20 years ago and all these things, and I'm going to heaven no matter how I live. Um, that's not the case according to Hebrews uh, chapter 10. And I'm going to go ahead and look at Hebrews chapter 10 here. Just because, just because of our conversation, I think it's important to acknowledge this. Uh, and and at least at least give it credence and maybe we'll talk about it more the next time. But at least give give everyone something to chew on here a little bit before we let y'all go. But yeah, before you get into that real quick, I wanted to give an example of how you can sin, but how the word will um work in your heart when you do that sin okay I'll, i'm just gonna be uh out front with this um, i'm i'm living here in south africa and they have these uh these taxis that run around and they cut you off at every place everywhere you go and he just one just about hit me this week well you know what i did i got upset i know people are gonna go oh it's okay if you get upset like and i'll be honest with you i honk my horn uh, my wife said my demeanor changed quickly, and she hadn't seen that since we've been in Africa. And because I've been really chill and laid back, you know, sure enough, she noticed it, man. And uh, we were we were driving to uh, go do ministry. So to me, the enemy was just trying to, you know, mess everything up here. Well, I did, we, before we even got to now, here's the that's the sin part. Now I want to show you the repentant part and what God does in it. 
as we're going to this place and it's only maybe five or 10 minutes away, within half, half a minute to a minute, God's already rising scripture up in my heart saying, you shouldn't have done that, man. That person sinned against you or he cut you off or whatever he did to you, that doesn't give you right to go ahead and sin along with him. Mm -hmm. So what I'm just trying to tell you folks is we need to be honest with one another. I'm bringing myself out here right now saying, hey, I messed up. But because the word is, is living within my heart, it wasn't very long that that conviction came on. Now, don't get me wrong. My, my wife telling me the fact that, or not, actually, she didn't say anything. She just looked at me like, are you going to be okay? You know, and I'm thinking, man, this is, I shouldn't even thought like that. I shouldn't have tooted my horn, you know, um, or nothing like that. Cause it was after the fact, it didn't do me no good, you know, to do that. They don't pay attention to you. But I knew inside my heart, something had come in there that it didn't belong. So right. B, I want to just say to the folks out there listening, um, when something like that comes up in your heart and there's a check, that's what I call a Holy Spirit check. If there's a check there, repent right then and there, and God forgives you. Mm -hmm. it's, it, it's that quick. So now when that happens again, and then it will, Pastor Josh, here in South Africa, that is going to happen. But I'm just saying, the next time, it's going to be a whole different ball game for Shannon because I've literally said, I am sorry, and I repent for that, and I ask for forgiveness of it, and I believe God's given it to me. You know, so I just wanted to kind of put that out there to give an example of how, how that can work in our everyday life. Go ahead with Hebrews, brother. Yeah. So in, in Hebrews chapter 10, uh, it's talking about the exhortation and warnings for the believers. Now, understand, he's talking to Christians here. He's not talking to the to the sinners. He's talking to Christians here. And we've been talking about being faithful, being all the things we've been talking about. And this piggybacks right in there. For if you, for if we willfully continue to sin, this is uh, Hebrews chapter ten, verse twenty-six, and following down. If for if we willfully continue to sin, and we have received the knowledge of the truth, there no longer remains a sacrifice for sins, but a fearful expectation of judgment and fiery indignation, which will devour the adversaries. And anyone who despised Moses's law died without mercy. In the, in the presence of two or three witnesses, how much more severe a punishment do you suppose we, he deserves who has trampled underfoot the Son of God and regarded the blood of the covenant and, sancti and sanctified him? And yeah, and that, that, that sanctified him to be a common thing and, and has insulted the Spirit of grace. So we can, we can go back to where we were and sometimes farther back than where we were. If we continue to sin, there is no precedent in scripture that states you get saved once and you're good, no matter how you live. There's no precedent in scripture that says, in fact, the opposite is true. There's a precedent for punishment. If we go back from our relationship right here speaks of that. And I think I said in the sermon, I said, this slaps in the face the once saved, always saved doctrine. Because right mm -hmm. here it says if we continue, what we have in our future is fiery indignation. What does that mean? You're going to be in hell. You're going to be in hell. You know, you're going to be in fire. You're going to be, you're going to be uh, burning for eternity if you do not return back to God. And I think that's important. And, and even if we are 
walking with God, and even if we are doing the things of God, we can have days, like you said, with the uh, with the person cutting you off, and we could justify that and say, well, I had a right to honk my horn. The guy cut me off. What a jerk, and not repent. And then the next mm-hmm. time that happens, it gets worse, and it gets worse, and it gets worse, and pretty soon your life becomes different. Your character changes, and you're down a road of fiery indignation. So it's very important to stay close to the word of God. It's very important to, to, to meditate upon his word every single day. And I say that without, without uh, fail every time I'm on here or on you know, get into the God every single day to stay right with God, be a person of repentance, a person of prayer and a person of, and, and a person of the word of God. That's how we stay in that place. So, that's yeah, what I, I know we're, we need to get going here, brother. I, I know I see we're over an hour, but I just want to revert back to what Spurgeon, all we've been talking about all leads back to this. Not only um, are we supposed to give these things over again and again when we first come to Christ, but continually throughout the whole of our life, W-H-O-L-E, the whole of our life. We should look over each day. I want you, if you guys have learned anything from this, look over each day and say, sum, uh, sum up the errors of your day, like Spurgeon saying, say, have I declared my ways to you, Lord? Have I given my naughty ways to you, Lord? Have I given my wicked ways to you, Lord? Have I given my wondering, my backsliding, or my indifferent ways to you, Lord? We need to be able to be such have such an open relationship with God in his word that we can bring these very things that we just talked about to him so we know we have a place in heaven. So that's what we got. And I and I like how he says, I like how he said, and I'm gonna piggyback on what you said, but I like how he said, sum up your errors. He doesn't say check and see if you have them. The the indication is we have them. Sum them up and repent of them. And, so, and that's every day, folks. Every day. Amen. So that's our challenge for you. That's the biggest challenge of this podcast today is to look at your day every day and sum it up where you've gone wrong, where you faltered in God, sum it up, apologize to God, you know, repent, make it right with God, make it right with the people. If you're able to, if you're not able to, that's, you know, whatever the case, but at least repent and allow God to, to minister to you in those things. So, that being said, I'm Pastor Josh. I hope this these these psalms bless your heart. They they bless mine to be able to do this with with Shannon and be able to just kind of get together and chat about things. It's it's uh, it's unfortunate we can't do it in person very much anymore, but we're able to to do this in in a in a video format. So I I really appreciate you taking the time each week to set aside an hour plus to. Uh, to do these with with me and so we can encourage others to live right with God. So thank you for for taking the time to do that each and every week we've done this. And uh so so God God bless you folks. God minister to you. I want to leave you with a blessing and then we will pray and then we will go on our day and we'll pray that uh, you are blessed for the rest of your day. So may the Lord bless you and keep you. May he make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May he turn his countenance upon you and give you his peace. Amen. Shannon, lift up prayer, please. Absolutely. Heavenly Father, we just thank you for this wonderful time we've had. And 
Psalm 119 again, Lord. Uh, Lord, it's just a, a psalm that refreshes the heart because it continually talks about how your word works in and through us, Lord. Father, we see your love throughout your word. We see your correction throughout your word. We get understanding and wisdom throughout your word. So, Father, I thank you that you've given it to us, Lord, that we may be able to talk about it and teach about it and learn from it, Lord. Oh, we must learn from it, oh God. So, Father, I ask you as we go about the rest of our day, as we go about the rest of our week, Lord, that you would continue to watch over us and keep us in all our ways. Be with our families, Lord, if we have any sick ones among us, Lord. I pray for healing in their bodies also, Lord. Father, I thank you for this time we've had together, Lord. May you be glorified by everything that was spoken today, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, folks, thank you for joining us today. For Shannon Bale, I'm Pastor Josh. God bless you, and God be with you through your week.